0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Did you take a look at what you saw in the markets today? Some of you might be shaking your head. It was definitely a rough day for the grain complexes. We're going to talk about that, but a negative doesn't always mean a negative, And we're going to find out why. As Sue Martin joins us. She is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. I think, Sue, that's where we need to start definite rough day for the soybeans. But again, as you and I were talking, a negative day, though, might not be a bad thing.
1: Well, I don't think it is. Uh, first off, the beans reached on Friday at 10:45, um, and that's not a time; it's a price. Um, reached a 6.18 uh, percent retracement from the low of 780 that was struck in beans in last year, which happens to be the lowest price they got to since 2012, and the high of 2016 which was your last really good rally effort in beans and so 1045 was a 618 percent retracement 1069 is a wave four which are usually deadly um in fact pretty much i've never seen when they weren't um on a weekly chart for soybeans so we were within 25 cents of that markets extremely overbought um, You're coming into Rosh Hashanah, and the old saying is uh, from way back in the 70s, you um, sell beans on Rosh Hashanah and buy them back on Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur is uh, coming up around the 27th, 28th of September. Well, I've always said that I was comparing this year for soybeans to the year of 1980, and I believe in 1980, we put a low in on the 29th, bounced up for a day or so, and then turned around and fell back to test that low on into October 3rd, and then turned and rallied to new highs from there. Now, we've, it, we've had a good, no doubt about it, we've had a nice rally in beans. But we have to keep in mind that um, when you look at a longer term chart, like a, a weekly chart, for example, or a monthly, this market's been compressed for a very long time, and therefore, what, as it starts to come out of there, it can you can have what looks like a pretty big move, and yet not be big enough. Well, this market is so overbought that I and you had the funds. Up to 250, I think 254,000 contracts long by managed funds. And back in 2012, they, they went over 200,000. And of course that peaked the market and it was done. But if you go back since 1970, there have been eight other years in which November beans made new contract highs in the month of September and all Eight of those times, the market broke into October for a low, and six of them then turned and went on to make new contract eyes again into, like, November. And the other two, of course, uh, got a bounce, a dead cat bounce, and then fell into November. But what was the tip-off on those two years that were outliers? Well, it was the fact that they closed lower for the month at the end of September. I don't think we're going to see that. Um, that would be closing under, I believe, 962 and a half to hold me to that. I don't think we'll see that. Um, besides, we are keep getting all these tropical storms and hurricanes into the Gulf. And what is that doing? It's dumping a lot of rainfall, rain that isn't really wanted right now across the Delta. And so at some point, we'll be concerned about what happens to those beans, How? what's the quality like of them. And also, we need to kind of keep an eye on the fact that um, when you look at this market here, um, the next supply-demand report, you know, we broke the yields in September. Will we break the yield again in October? I'm not so sure, but, but the market's going to be uncertain. And so if they break it down now in front of that report, it's leaving room to be able to bounce into the report.
0: You know, I didn't hear a lot, Sue, about um, port issues with the last storm that went through with the hurricane. Have you heard? Is that causing for a backlog of getting these beans and, and other grains moved? Well, it is, you know, um, to get timely um
1: loadings of ships and what have you because we're at i believe a record or real close to the record of the amount of storms coming into the gulf and we still have the month of october to go through and almost well a good week and a few days of september yet so it's going to be interesting but here's the thing last friday we had uh, china switch two bean cargoes out of brazil to the U.S. And in doing so, because our basis was so much more reasonable, you know, we're going into harvest and what have you, because the basis was so much more reasonable, they saved 250000 per cargo by switching back to the U.S.
0: Wow. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. It
1: is. It's amazing, amazing about the economics of it. But it stands to reason. And today we had another sale of beans to um, China. 132,000 metric tons, but we also had a sale to Pakistan. I thought that was interesting. It's the first time I've seen that one in a long time for the same amount, 132,000 metric tons. And then we had 171,000 metric tons of beans to delivery to unknown destinations. So kind of
0: interesting. Well, I did see that that Pakistan purchase early this morning, so it's nice to see. I mean, not that I'm not going to have in China do all the purchases, but it's nice to see other countries as well looking at us to be their supplier.
1: I think so, too. And I think, Lynn, um, Susan, the one thing I think here that we need to keep in mind, U.S. weather is pretty much done, you know, for running our market even a frost, you know, the f- crops are far enough along that a frost freeze, which we're not going to have um, anytime soon, would certainly help uh, get rid of weeds and what have you. But the weather focus is now going to start going to South America. And
0: they have been pretty dry with La Nina, you know, tendency. A lot more to come up. It's the fi- now final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Final final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Sue Martin of Ag and Investment, we were talking about these China purchases of U.S. beans, and it just seems like, I think, was today the 12th day uh, consecutive of having bean purchases from China? I think so they've been every single day and so you know but again
1: uh when you see that the u.s is going into harvest and our bean prices are cheaper than brazilian uh and especially with basis on it because you know brazil's out of beans more or less then all of a sudden boy that really prompts up that props up that basis level there um you know we've seen china say oh wait this is a uh, financial change we're going to switch over to us because and the harvest is really starting to kick in by the end of this week if we don't catch any rain which we're not forecast to catch any rain i know in our area we're going to be done with beans
0: and it has been clipping along i just noticed that as well here in nebraska that once they got into those fields there's nothing holding the back
1: no i think what you're going to see is going straight from soybean harvesting right into corn
0: Speaking of corn and the rest of the uh, grain complex, I wanted to look at wheat quickly here. We saw the spillover pressure for them today because of the trade that we saw within the row crops, correct? Correct.
1: Um, You know, corn pulled back. Wheat was down hard. And um, that sort of, and you know, we had wheat getting up, you know, on the uh, uh, Chicago wheat. We had been up around the five seventy five area, so not super far from a $6 ticket, and so we caught heavy selling there. Um, again, the trade is watching, you know, weather in the Black Sea region, Argentina, um, you know, it's it's going to be back about weather in other parts of the world, but it did weigh on the corn as well. Uh, of course, corn didn't fall as much as beans and wheat did, but... It didn't rally as much as those two had rallied either. So the bean market had gotten, or the corn market December contract had gotten up to 380, and 380 and a half was our, uh, wave two on the December futures. And, you know, it's a market that's gotta see some proof that the yields aren't really as good as everybody wants to say. Now, I have been hearing in Nebraska that the yields in both the, um, uh, dryland corn and beans is actually pretty good. And so if that's the case, they're even talking already that you could see Nebraska uh, corn with a um, irrigated corn that it turns out to be a record crop. Who knows? But they have optimism for the Nebraska crop.
0: In, in the complex as a whole, and I'm sure this is a, f- a factor on the livestock side as well, we knew that the equity markets around the world had a lot of struggles today that just seemed to weigh on these U.S. markets.
1: Well, it did. It, um, you look around the world and equities were really having a hard time and we had, you know, macro market weakness and we had a surge in the managed fund longs and then of course the open harvest weather that we've got for the forecast. And so the markets just hit profit taking, but in the meats, it really socked us down hard on cattle. And then they kind of came out of it. Um, Feeders actually did a pretty good job coming out of it. And But when I look at the fats and I look at Octobers, they've now been seven days over a 10-day moving average. And I think that's a good sign that they're trying to find support here and maybe doing another base before they take another step higher. I'm thinking the cash cattle market's probably going to move up to 109 as we move into October and um i think that um packer margins you know have been thought that they would get tighter and they're still very profitable by historical uh standards you know when you're talking a profit margin of 275 273 dollars that's not bad for the packer um yeah it's not what they had had this year but that was so unexpected with covid i just think that we're looking at the packer who's not going to um slow down his kill. He's going to try to keep processing cattle and especially if we can start to, you know, you might drop the cutout a little bit more, but I think it's finding sides, signs of trying to stabilize too. And then you start to come up and I think we're going to see that the packer's willing to keep clicking away because of his profitability. Why wouldn't he want to process as many animals as he can?
0: And we have a cattle on feed report that comes out as well on Friday. Is that going to weigh on this trade this week?
1: Well, I think they're going to anticipate that the placements is going to be pretty good, and it probably will be. Um, but on the same token, I think that when we look at uh, marketings, I think the marketing number should be very good as well. I look at October cattle versus the December futures, and I think you're going to continue to see the October cattle now that the Goldman rolls over with continue to
0: gain on the December. All right. Sounds good, Sue. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you all have a
0: great Monday afternoon. Sue Martin's been joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check this out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe, and on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.